Well, all of you people who are enjoying summer in the Northern Hemisphere, I am Brandon Goldner. You have found We Like the Blazers, and with me, as always, it is the magnanimous, the magnetic, the magnificent, the magnifying glass-wearing person, but actually, I'm wearing glasses, too, because the sun is really bright and I'm sick, and I'm wearing sunglasses, so we're actually both wearing glasses. It is Ryan Whitledge. Hello! What is up, sir? Yeah, you're you're wearing like a sweater thing over there. I'm being pissed that apparently AC is not in this office, and I have to figure that out before next summer. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that is something that didn't even come up when we were recording. Because when is the last time that we dropped a podcast? <laughs> we recorded an excellent episode shortly after the draft right before free agency it was fantastic some of our so good some of our best work easily and probably gonna get an emmy for that lost footage yeah and then i went to bed and woke up and uh damian lillard requested a trade and so damian lillard requested a trade and then and then what did i say uh, you, you cute, cute summer little mouse said, let's give it a couple. <laughs> let's let's hold let's off wait a couple for, days, Ryan. Wait a couple. Let's days. just come back to this in a few days once he's traded. And you know, what's funny is that, you know, for all I know, that it's September, that it's well, like the middle of September. <laughs> is that what's funny about this? Well, for all I ever know is like two people may listen to this podcast and me and good, you <laughs> yeah good good enough for me but i figured out a decent amount of our listenership based off texts that i got like brandon sprague even like after two days after the trade request he's like yo you you, you and goldner stopped doing a podcast i was like no and he's like you know um, what we were doing you, you're gonna do one and i'm like goldner wants to wait and he just did face palm emoji <laughs> Ouch. Well, uh-huh. I this is not my finest moment, Ryan. Not my finest moment. You know what we're really doing? We were really just being the elder statesman of the Blazers podcast community and stepping back to let other voices rise up. That's all we were doing because there were plenty of really good podcasts about what the Blazers are doing, what they could do, what they're not going to do. There have been podcasts have been running over the summer, both local and regional and national. So I think there's been no lack of you know blazers dame content in the meantime that's it. so it, it was what i'm trying to say it was intentional would anyone buy that <laughs> no i didn't even buy it and i'm the other person no. on this podcast with you you of all people have to believe my sweet lies well <laughs> it is really good to see you uh it is september it's spring here it is the end of summer there um where do you want to start? Because on the one hand, there's so much that's happened. On the other hand, I don't want to bore people. So how do you want to light this firecracker? Actually, before that, sorry, the listeners demand to know what's one thing that's happened in your life that you want to share? Because, you know, people care. People do care. I mean, you can get Blazers content anywhere. You can only get Ryan Whitledge content right here. What's been going yeah. on with you? I'm an open book. I yell at the clouds all the time on Twitter. Uh, anything new and exciting with me? Uh, I've finally been freed of the Nike campus, which a lot of people would say, oh, that sucks. But no, I mean, two years of my life spent in, on that campus in various job sites. And uh, yeah, I'm finally free. Did you raise a mission accomplished banner and stand behind it? No, no. I uh, The battleship was already rented for that day, so I would have nowhere to hang the banner. But, you know, if, if it was available, I, I, I would have done it. But yeah, nice job. Uh, I mean, that's that that is to be fair and joking aside, that's that's huge. Yeah. Now, though, it's I'm I'm just a free floating leaf in the wind and I, I keep getting sent to everybody's. Hey, this thing went to shit. Uh, can you please go be a senior statesman and, uh, and, and go save it and be the, the adult voice in the room? Well, so yeah, I, I, I'm the, I'm the firefighter now of, of the company. I keep bouncing around. So, <laughs> well, uh, good work on that. I know it was a lot of work and probably a lot of pressure. And I think it says a lot about you that you were able to get across the finish line. So nice job. Uh, although unfortunately you won't get to surreptitiously bump into LeBron James and Phil Knight anymore. That's a bummer. Uh, I did almost run him over with my work fan on my last day. That would have been interesting. Well, we're glad that that didn't happen. (laughs) Um, I ran my first marathon last weekend. That's what I did. Is that what brought on this cold? Is that why you are now near death? 
I don't know, man. I, to be honest, like it was a, uh, uh, it definitely was a semi traumatic physical experience. Um, near the end, the good news was it wasn't as bad for as long as I thought, uh, came in at three hours, 47, not bad first try. And nice. I was actually feeling pretty much fine until three hours, 15, the longest run I'd ever been on in my life was three hours. And then it really got grindy. Um, couldn't really walk after that. Uh, couldn't really move for a few days, but that's okay. So I've gone on exactly two very short runs this week, which is, um, not my usual. And, and maybe, yeah, I thought it was pollen. I thought it was just me being tired, but no, I, I am sick. Non COVID related illness. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's why I'm, where I'm wearing sunglasses. Now. I, I do have one question. Cause I saw a couple of the pictures yes. that you threw up on Instagram from that. What, what was the little bra thing you were wearing? It looked like you were wearing a bag. Oh, that was for my backwards. breasts. That was to hold my breasts up. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was a running vest. So they have these vests. Uh, I did my research on this one, uh, and it's stretchy and you can outfit it with a bunch of water, which I didn't do for this one. But if you're going to go trail running, you can put like a camelback in the back that it has in the front that comes with two pouches of water. The reason why I wore it a for warmth, because I knew it was going to be pretty, it was like 48 at the beginning and kind of windy. So like, just it's, it's a little cool for even for running, mm-hmm. but B the real reason gel, when you run for that long, you need energy. I can't count how many people who I passed who were just walking and it's not that their legs gave out or whatever. It's they had run out of carbohydrates. So I had a gel pack for every 30 minutes. Um, and I brought eight, so didn't run out. So it was really to carry my gels. They weren't sloshed around my pocket. So that worked out really well, but yeah, that was the, uh, you mean you don't just like open a pouch and like eat a little granola bar as you're going. I actually did. I did have a, (laughs) I had a power bar just in case I really needed it or it was a cliff bar. I had something I didn't end up needing it, but no, it was good. Like I, yeah, energy wise, it was actually really encouraging. Um, and, but body wise, I need to, uh, I need to do more long runs. Cause that, it, it took a, took a toll on me, but now I'm ready for an ultra marathon. Let's go. Oh, geez. Just, just in time for, you're going to get back and do a hood to coast, maybe a naked bike ride. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're within neither. like a week of each other. So like one could be, I think the naked bike ride you could use as training for the hood to coast. That's true. You could do that. The hood to the only thing about hood to coast is it, I, I mean, everyone listening probably knows, but you do it in segments, right? So it's not like you're really running the whole thing. It's a lot of it's you riding in a van and like, I don't know. I mean, that's how restful not, is that? Yeah, it is. But like, I don't know, like if I'm going to, torture myself running. I want to be torturing myself running. Uh, there's a half marathon coming up here in town here in New Zealand. I'm going to be doing that. So that's going to be great. Uh, and yeah, beyond that, I don't know what, I think the Portland marathon is in, um, I think it's next month. So I'm going to miss that. That's too bad, but, oh, uh, shucks, shucks. I forgot to train for this one. That's another oh, marathon. Darn, you can I'm, still I'm, enter. I'm just going to have to miss it. You know what? I just, I can't, I can't just wing it. So Ryan, they have a 5k walk run for people like you to just show up and drink beer and have fun. Can, so you, go, can, you could do that. Can we lower that number down to like half a K? I mean, you. Could, <laughs> I guess you could always just drink in public and walk around whenever you wanted. You don't need oh, to pay an organizer for that. Well, I'll just go to Vegas. Done. All right. Could do Vegas. I will I say it's my adult kind of the, <laughs> That's yeah. That's the only reason why the uh, the kind of cool thing to be honest though about organized runs is they usually have a photographer there, and so they did like two days later. They're like, oh, your photos are online. It's by your bib number. So you search your bib number, and it was actually this one was really cool it was pay whatever you wanted. So they showed all the photos of me. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. I want these ones. And it's like, Oh, suggested, you know, whatever. And so I paid 10 bucks for like four high res photos that I wouldn't have had. Otherwise I thought that seems, I mean, I don't know. That seems fair ish. I mean, they're making money and I'm paying somebody. So it was cool. They weren't trying to rip you off. Anyway, it was neat. Nice. So it's not neat. Yeah. To, go, to, go get, ahead. to get to, to get to the crux of this podcast. So I needed, again, I needed the transition though. You, you did, but yeah. so we're not gonna, cause we assume if you're here, you're listening, you know, the situation you've probably yelled at all the Miami heat fans, just like the rest of us. But what I want to start oh my off God. with is that, that we'll, how we will slightly recap it and get into where things stand the same place. Um, 
and and how we feel about it. I want to know when you woke up, because for one, did I break that news to you? I feel as though I did. Okay. Yeah, so, you did. So for Which, one, I mean, I, fuck you very much. It's so annoying. It's you like live, you want to wake up to. You live one day in the future for me, and I broke the news to you. So They'd re-signed Jeremy Grant. That proved they were going all in, and they were going to keep Dame, and he wanted to stay. And then you text me that, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so that's what I want to know. What were your first thoughts when you saw oh. that text and then did the internet deep dive like I'm sure everybody else did? This, also, I besides mean, just smashing the delete button on that podcast file. <laughs> it got deleted so fast. I was like, can we release part of this? I'm like, why? Um, no, I, I don't know. Like I honestly feel pretty similar. And I think 99% of Blazers fans feel this way. Can you blame them? Cause I can't like, yeah. And it was sad. It was, it was still shocking, even though you thought it might come to that. It was a bummer when nothing happened on draft day, you kind of thought, you know, it was more likely that he would leave, but then they re-signed Jeremy Grant and you're thinking, well, I don't know. Um, so I, I think it was, it, it was pretty, now that I'm reflecting more, it was pretty emotional actually, just cause I mean, he's been here for so long and he, I mean the, the, I have become I'm curious what you think about this. I've become more of a Damian Lillard fan lately than maybe a fan of the team. I mean, is that, is that, is that blasphemous? I am not that type of fan. I think you and I have had conversations about this on the pod before of that, like, or gotten to an internet argument about it, whatever. But I, I have always been, I, I have players that I love. I have players that I fall in love with. I have, you know, players that, you know, I would trade my firstborn child to keep them on the team. But at the end of the day, it's I'm a fan of the team and I root for the team. And as stupid as it sounds to be beholden to a piece of cloth and a logo, it's just always where my fandom has been. I've seen so many different iterations over my lifetime of the Portland Trailblazers, and I've had so many players come and go that I absolutely love. I mean, top of my head in, in, in our youth, you know, we, uh, it just even Brandon Roy being the last one, like, could you have imagined the Blazers without Brandon Roy during, during his time in his heyday, but the team's still here, the team still stands. So I, for me, that's just not something I can, I can get behind or fully understand, but I think it's becoming a lot more popular these days for, and especially to in, in a little bit of a younger generation uh, than us eldest statesmen, but, well, uh, but to, I... to be fans of players and follow these players. I mean, and, and you've seen it like freaking there was a credit card company for a while that ran an entire promotion on like, if you bought a Jersey and your player traded teams that like you could, they'd do some sort of refund or swap to get his new Jersey. I mean, it, it's interesting because yeah, it is trending more that way that people are less fans of teams, more fans of players. And it's really interesting. I mean, I hadn't thought about this before you brought it up here, but how sports for so long has been such an analogy for war and battle and mm-hmm. you pick a side and you support that side. And I mean, it still is. I mean, sports are always going to be like that. I mean, my understanding, the history of sports is that it was like, you know, preparing for battle. It was like skirmishes to get people ready for battle and it became spectator sport. And then sports became its own spinoff. But like, it is interesting to think about for me, and maybe this is my red pulsating liberal heart, just bleeding. My Bernie Sanders stickers are just flowing out of my voice as I say this, that maybe caring more about the individual players is really much more human Ryan, because we're talking about individual connection, human connection. The reason why I care about Damian Lillard. Yes. Is because he plays basketball for the team that I follow. It's also because he's a good person. He's a good dad. And he has conducted himself in a way that frankly, I look up to as a person, as a human in the world, Mm -hmm. not, not all the time, not, not with all things all the time. And I'm not trying to deify anybody. Um, but I think I wonder if that is part of it, that as we become more 
socially aware and more advanced that like we're more willing to say actually what i care about is the human connection to the team and not so much the team itself well i I think no i but i think you did touch on a good point there and that you have these you know perceived or real or or whatever you know connections with these individual players well you know so maybe that's where this changing the landscape has come from of where you're seeing more more player rooting than team rooting because think back to it when we were growing up and the generations before us their their sports intake was watching the games whether that be live on delay in person reading about the team with given individual players performances and everything was team-centric team-oriented in the reporting you know that all kind of you know when you get into the jordan era of the you know 90s it starts getting more hey people are starting to get to know players more marketable players or market players a little more. And now that we're in this social media age, there is this perceived closeness that people can have with athletes. They can, they can follow their, you know, their Instagram and go on their family vacations with them. They can see their kids being born. They can, you know, um, they're, they're doing these different events, but that's not stuff or access that was had before when you saw a lot more team interest and now you feel quote unquote that you have these connections with these various various athletes so over the course totally. of this is my team this is who I'm rooting for as these guys come and go you know it's i always make the joke of that you know every free agent or uh, every free agency period i have to go through and i will literally make sure if anybody gets traded away from the team, I unfollow them. <laughs> Call it yeah. silly. I, I don't, I don't keep you around if you're not on the team, but I unfollow them and I follow all the new guys, but you know, so there's that, that bit of that, that social connection with it. And maybe, so, maybe that's a big part of the reason why there is this changing landscape. And with Dame having been around for 10 plus years, we've gotten a, in the entirety of this social media generation and this connected generation. He's probably, you know, the first athlete, at least for Portland fans where, yeah, we feel as though we know him and connect with him just as much as the team. I think that's right. It's also true that Damian Lillard is like a uniquely cool person and good, effective leader. The, there has been virtually no sincere backlash against Damian Lillard for this trade request from Blazers fans. Virtually none. There's been some people at, at the very fringes who may be upset with him. He and took then a I knock think in my book from this. He dropped out a bit. Sure, sure. Yeah, he did a little bit. But like, and then I think there's more. There are a handful of people who are reporters or have podcasts who then overemphasize the backlash that Damian Lillard's getting. He's not getting very much at all. And usually when players request a trade from their team, even though we're in a more player centric fandom era, people usually back their team pretty quickly. Like, I mean, did you see anybody defending LaMarcus Aldridge when he wanted to leave the Blazers in free agency? Like even a single solitary soul. Cause I didn't, I think so. Some of this is, is that Damian Lillard is uniquely tied to Portland uh, uniquely easy to root for. I think well, the, best, ha- the best comparison we have right now is going on in the East coast. James Harden. Yeah. How is that? the Wait, what? How is that yeah. the best comparison? I mean, in what way in, in the perceived or the perception of the athlete and how they are and who they are as a human being and how they've shown themselves to be in public, you know, and then you, so like you have Dame who has done this right most of the time. And then Harden oh. that's what I'm saying. Like they're, they're I, I had to lift my sunglasses. So there's no fucking way you're comparing Damian Lillard to James Harden. You're saying they're opposites. I see. Correct. I'm saying they're opposites. That's, that's the best analogy that might we want have to clarify that next time, Ryan, before you get my blood pressure spiked, I'm sick, man, this virus, I have a cold. Okay? I was cold just trying to dozens of people every year. Okay. I was just trying to help. There are dozens of help get that sweat gland going so you can sweat it out faster. That's all I was doing. But that, that's probably the best analogy. Because, Sorry, continue you know, your point, which uh, makes Hearn, a lot more Hearn's sense. Go, Hearn's going on the scorched earth path, you know, and calling his GM a liar and all this stuff. And he's got a reputation as that, you know, being a bit of a diva, but it's not the reputation that Dame has. But they're both in 
similar situations and, and whatnot. So I, I think that's the best kind of example that, that we would have to that. So that's fair. So um, how let's, I'm just really curious or, um, sorry, I'm not really curious, but just to set the table, how did we get here? Can you give me a 60 second recap? Of, fuck no, this is te- the entirety. Oh, but I wrote it in the Google doc. The, oh, the, I said, literally, I didn't say seconds. I said literally 60 of how we got here. Um, <laughs> the, the entirety actually, I can from, do it. Can I do it then? From, from 2014 on a series of piss poor decisions. That that's my best summation. There you that's go. Good. Okay. That's, I mean that you could go, you have 57 more seconds, but sure. I know. I see the other 50. I, I, I give back my time. I yield my time. Well, okay, fine. That's fine. That's. And so I, but I think what I hear you saying, piss poor decisions by the team to the, the, the team failed to yeah. meaningfully build around a borderline top 10 player in the NBA. By team. I don't want to argue the minutia of ownership, general managers. Yeah. I'm coaches. so that. I'm so, it, why do people just, uh, whatever I do it too. Yeah. Well, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Anymore. I, I, I get into those little conversations, whatever. And everybody can hear their things, have their sources, whatever reporters can say their stuff. Here's what I heard. Here's what I was told, blah, 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 whatever. If you're when the Neil Shea was in charge, it was all his fault. Now that Cronin's in charge, it's all Jody Allen's fault. And the reality is that it's the, the truth it's is every, that the, whoever, it's everybody's it's somewhere fault. between and the, the, the GM, they're going to get some pressure from ownership and from Burt Cold and from Vulcan. And that's true. No matter who's in that seat, so long as the current owners own the team. So that's, that's, you know, from the time constant, that, so. from the time that, Lamarcus left. They haven't been able to put a good, competitive, contending team around him. Yes. So I'll even, you know, I don't care how sacrilegious yeah. this could be. Paul Allen has a fault in this. So, no, of course he does. Of course, <laughs> yeah, obviously. I one. I mean, this is a little gossipy, but do you make anything of kind of part of getting to this point? Is Damian Lillard has alluded to he's been going through some personal struggles this summer. Do you put any value on that, or you're like, nah, it's just. I mean, look, it's he hasn't really had a legitimate chance to win. Is that, I mean, I do you even care about that? Like like personal struggles and he's doing some, some sort of reflection that's making him, you know, want to try to chase this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't put that much salt in it or that much in, I don't know that. How much much pepper would you put in it? No salt, but some pepper, uh, a little bit of garlic powder. No. No, it's the drizzle of olive oil, maybe like a, a balsamic uh, reduction start, in there. We start if I didn't just have dinner like two hours ago, which was a, del- a delicious freaking ahi tuna steak thing. <laughs> but uh, jealous? No, I I don't I don't know if I buy that because for one, you know, if that was the case, if if he was going through personal stuff, unless it was like, hey, I'm, I want to get a divorce, which that would catch everybody off guard. But personal stuff, you want to be close to your family. You want to be close to all that stuff. He just built this giant compound. I've, I, I think I've, that was, I think some people speculate that could be part of it. Maybe. Uh, what? That he's too close to his family and he needs a break? No, uh, that, that maybe him and his wife had um, had some uh, disagreements or something. And people oh. were, spot- I'm going too far into this. People were spotting yeah. that he wasn't wearing his wedding ring or something. He was hanging out with people. So it doesn't matter, but like, uh, my so- God, that is one of the most annoying things in today's no, I society. I, is the de- I, I'm, and that's I'm, not even yeah, sports wise. That, that's just celebrity well, culture of trying to look at this. dive into this. See, I'm not wearing my wedding ring, and clearly that means that Cassie and I are getting divorced tomorrow. But obviously, because I wash my hands and I put it next to the bathroom. Hey, uh, just to let you know, it was a little humid here today, and uh, my wife's hands tend to swell up in humidity. So, guess who wasn't wearing her ring? So, hey, I'm going through a divorce too. Uh, Divorce. We're all getting divorced. Hooray. Yay. Round two. So, let's go. Jesus Christ. So, (laughs) here's actually, it would be three for me. Um, So, uh, and for yeah, it'd be round. Well, anyway, okay. (laughs) This is great. This is what people want. So, okay, here we are. The team didn't build a contender around Dame. Dame is living his life and he wants to leave. Basically, no one blames him, really. I mean, maybe his reputation's taken a bit of a knock, but here we are. So, where I wanted to start was this. What do you let's let's start at the end, right? I want to start with the most likely outcome of all of the Damian Lillard stuff. 
And before we get to the most likely outcome, and then we can work our way kind of backwards and talk about details. I just, I think that that's, that's a more interesting way to do it, frankly. And you didn't edit. So T, um, the most likely end outcome to me, the most unlikely end to this is that Joe Cronin is willing to just not ever trade Dame to just not trade him not honor his requests, make him write out the the duration of his four-year contract. I find that to be 0% likely. Would you agree with that? I mean, ever. Forever, ever? Ever, ever? So, like... Correct. That is the most unlikely. Basically, the chance that Dame stays in Portland through the entirety of his current contract is as close to zero as we can get without it being zero. Do we agree agree on that? Unless Dame changes his mind and legitimately decides he wants to stay for some reason, yes. But uh, and, no, and, this, okay, so this is not a situation where Cronin is going to just say, this is my toy, nobody can play with it, you can't touch it, I'm going to keep it over here, and no, I will not share. And Dame is probably not changing his mind. So so we've agreed that that option's probably ah. off the table. So it's prob that's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It would be great. I would love it. I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's worth spending time on. That's the reason why I'm saying it. The mm-hmm. second, the second uh, most unlikely outcome is that Joe Cronin is willing to not trade Damian Lillard all next season. So he's actually, if he would be willing to hold on to Dame through the trade deadline next year, I also find that to be very unlikely. I put what do you that think about in, that? I put that in more likely than not. You think it's more likely than not that Damian Lillard will not be traded by the end of next year's trade deadline. You think he's going to be in a Blazer uniform at the end of this upcoming season? After all 82 games, yes. I'd, I'd give it a, I was I'd, not expecting I'd, that I'd, at I'd all. Give so it a, I'd give it a decent likelihood. Put a number on it. Uh, you throw that in the... You're looking at that's like a 51% situation. Really? Yeah. Well, we got to talk. Well, we got to talk about it then. I wasn't expecting that. So we got to talk <laughs> about it. Why do you, how dare you? First of all, second of all, who gives you the right? Third of all, why, why do you have these thoughts? Like what, how do you see that? What is, what in your mind would contribute to that happening? And by that, I mean, Damian Lillard is not traded even after the deadline next year. He ends this upcoming season in a Portland uniform. What would have to happen for that to come true? What's the desperation for Portland to absolutely get something done by the trade deadline? What, what is, what is their desperation? Organizational clarity. Can you still tank without organizational clarity? Can you still yes. suck for the purpose of sucking while letting young guys play? Kind of. We've Damian Lillard has proved that if he's playing, and now the NBA has these stricter rules about when you can and can't play. Yeah, Damian with Lillard has fucking loopholes. <laughs> sure, but Damian Lillard has dragged a good a good many bad teams to higher records than the franchise intended. And well, I mean, if so, there's and, five, I, and I also five guards. I also court, we'll see what he can do. but i but but so that's that that's a reality and then the other reality is you know it it also organizational clarity at that point after the trade deadline comes and goes and he's still here at that point if i'm scoot henderson and i'm anthony simons and i'm shaden sharp i'm like huh and and i don't think damian lillard will be sitting out of protest Mm-hmm. I think part of what he actually has to do, I, we were going to talk about this later. I think part of what Dame has to do is to demonstrate that he still got it, that he is still very much in his prime. And that's going to help facilitate a trade wherever it may be. Um, so that's what would get in the way of that to me. Is that not compelling well, for you? It's for one of the things too, is that I'm, I'm operating under the assumption that it is still Miami or bust. And that is why I like open that up to, is it all other 29 teams in the league? And sure. I'll put uh, if it's, if it's all teams in the league and I have to bet, will Damian Lillard uh, be traded at, by the trade deadline? Then I'll bet that that's like a 75%. Yes. But if it's just Miami, that's where I'm putting my 51% that he's still here at the end of this next season. Okay. That's fair. I mean, let's say it's Miami and like one or two other teams. I I honestly think 
really what needs to happen is there needs to be at least one other team legitimately interested in order for Miami to make their best offer, which is probably what Joe Cronin is waiting for, because I do think that he is sincere when he says he wants to get Dame where he wants to go, as long as it doesn't cripple the franchise and doing it. So the hilarious thing to me is that it it's one of the things that always ends up getting skipped over and brushed over in all this conversation. There has been no formal offer from Miami to Portland. They've never made a formal offer. Miami. I don't know how much I believe that to be honest. Like I, I, if you were to tell me that there has actually been no conversation between the two front offices, I find that insanely unlikely, but I think that there has been a conversation, but I literally think it's a game of chicken where Pat Riley is, you know, waiting for basically saying, Hey, Cronin, what do you want? And Cronin's going, no, I like you want Dame. Like, what are you, what are you going to give me? And I find it, I find it unlikely that the two teams don't know what, the offer currently oh, is. Oh, I know they, that that's no, 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 I'm not, just, I'm not saying that they don't know that they haven't put those, you know, that, well, that's all that matters. Like it's not, but like, they haven't like, had, haven't had the legit conversation of like, Hey, here's what I'm willing to trade you for, you know, Damian Lillard. Yeah. Your name. Check I think yes as long or, as you yes know, no. I think as long as you are aware of what the other team is offering and will accept, then that's, that's the only thing that matters. And I think exactly. that's and, and Cronin can put two and two together on what Miami would offer and has no interest in calling them and being like, Hey, uh, do you want to talk? And <laughs> right. I, I think, yeah, in my view, I could be wrong. I've been wrong about a whole lot, right. We're going to record in a couple of days. So yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm wrong a lot, but like, uh, Miami is not offering the full boat of draft picks and young players. That's what Portland wants. I think it's really yeah. that simple. So, and so at any even, rate, and even their full boat is not that impressive of a boat. I very much get the impression that like a large majority of, of this trade chatter discussion between these two teams has been through the media <laughs> and not necessarily like, I would give like one, one to 2% of it is like happened between Cronin and Riley and the rest of it is all through the media. I mean, that could be, I don't actually know. I mean, to be really, I mean, this is, I'm ignorant. I, I don't know the inner machinations of front offices, but it, that could very well be happening. So yeah, I want to go back to what you said though. You, you literally, Ryan, you, the person looking at me right now, wearing an Oregon Ducks hat, by the way, traders, boo, uh, having whoa, a beard. Whoa, shots fired. <laughs> Come on. We were just trying to give you your best chance to win a conference. What about all the great history of uplifting student athletes of the PAC 12? Anyway, I'm kidding. Um, all, all right, schools are greedy. They're all terrible. I was going to so, say, don't get, don't get me started on nonprofits that are chasing profits. Uh, and, you literally public, there, especially public funded ones. <laughs> you sat there and you looked me straight in the eyeball holes and you said 51% chance that Damian Lillard is still on the team to end next season. I want to give you a chance to repent, apologize, to grovel at the feet of anyone listening who thinks not. that no number is far too high. Oh, There's, I mean, I, I'm sure there are plenty of people that think I'm an idiot for thinking that, but that's eh, how I feel. Okay. That's fair. Well, we talked about it, so that's all we can do. I, I would put that chance at like less than 15%. So higher than zero wow. and higher than Stealing one. Stealing my numbers. I go five, one, you go one, five, <laughs> uh, 14, there you go. Um, 14%. I think the most likely end outcome then to the Dame stuff I think the most likely outcome is that Dame is eventually traded between now and the next trade deadline somewhere. So would you agree that that's the most actually, no, cause you said 51%. So you don't even think this is the most likely outcome. Like that he's I, no, traded no, no. down the trade deadline, but your stipulation, if it's to somewhere, then uh, that is the more, the most likely thing. If it's to Miami, it's 51%. Well, let's, okay. Let's unpack that then. So let's say that Dame is eventually traded between now and the next trade deadline. Where do you think he goes and why? I don't know. Whoever has the best package. 
I thought that you were like a Miami heat insider who, you know, is pissing off oh. all of Blazers Twitter by no. writing Dame's nuts, even though you're supposed to be a journalist who adheres to the code of ethics. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, no, is that, right is that a Fentress dig? So what do you think is the most likely outcome? <laughs> I told you it's the, if, if, the if it's any to any other team in the league, he is most likely traded by the trade deadline. So, okay, well let's put it this way. If, if he's traded, my, if he is traded between now and the trade deadline, where does he go? Whoever offers the best package. So can whatever, you, so let me, whatever team gets desperate, whatever team, whatever let me team bail has you out, ran, let me, here comes Brandon coming to bail out Ryan yet again. I don't know. I mean, if you want to say a team, I'll say Utah. Fine. Whatever. Okay. Utah. Who else might be in the running for a, you know, firmly in their prime slash post prime point guard owed a ton of money over a long period of time. Really great locker room leader, all NBA player, top 75 player of all time, but he's kind of old, owed a lot of money. What other teams fit that bill? You got Utah, Miami, of course, who else fits that bill for you? I have a couple in mind. Well, all right. We can just go down the list. Uh, you know, Celtics, uh, Nets, Knicks, 76ers, Raptors, Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, Suns, Kings, Bulls, Cavs, Pistons, Pacers, Bucks, Hawks, Hornets, Magic, Wizards, Nuggets, Timberwolves, already said the Jazz, Mavericks, Rockets, Grizzlies, Pelicans, Spurs. There we go. I think I named every team. (laughs) (laughs) Rip City Remix. You've gone too far. Um, So... I want to <laughs> I literally Google the list of every NBA team. So I didn't I stutter and did. I can power I can read through that. <laughs> oh man. I tell you. So, okay. Utah. Yes. Outside chance. I, I, we could argue that, but let's just say, you know, Laurie Markkinen is good enough to maybe if you slap Dame next to that, also they have a trillion picks. We've seen with OKC that at some point having that many picks, you, you can't, you kind of get, stuck. You can't do anything with it. And the West is like relatively wide ish open question mark. It's, I mean, you have Denver and then you have Mm -hmm. Phoenix maybe. And then what, who do you really have at like the tippy top? So I, 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 some people have said, no, not Utah, not ever. I, I don't think that's actually so crazy, but uh, you know, Utah, yeah, Miami, we've talked about that. People know about it, but Philadelphia, I want to talk about Philadelphia. Are you good for that? Sure. What if you're Joel Embiid, you just won MVP and James Harden is, you know, farting and sharding and pooping his pants. And, you know, he's image, having a temperature. I didn't need. <laughs> <laughs> so Joel Embiid is sitting there like, what the hell? Um, wouldn't Damian Lillard <laughs> pair up with Joel Embiid? Like pretty flawlessly. Like I, I, it's, yeah, when I, we wanted I, him I'm in sub- Portland, I think we went down all the reasons that would work. Right, great. Totally. I mean, I actually find and especially because Philadelphia needs to placate Joel Embiid. I don't think that they're in a position where they can just punt another year. You don't know how many years this guy's legs has. Um, and he just won MVP. You have to make him feel like he's getting something out of all of this. If you're Philadelphia, if you're Joe Morey. So like, I'm actually surprised that the Damian Lillard Philadelphia thing hasn't come up more just in conversation. I think it did right at the start of it, but then when Dame's agent went scorched earth and massively fucked up any leverage that his camp would have had in this situation, which I'm all be amazed if Aaron Goodwin maintains being Dame's agent after this is all said and done, but that's a a whole different topic. But after that, I mean, he'll be judged once the trade is done. I mean, if Dame gets exactly what he wants in Portland, gets screwed, then I think Dame's going to get raised. Well, I think if Dame still ends up being on the roster come training camp, then he's going to be a little pissed a good one about that. Cause I think he'd much rather have this time or have had the time to get acclimated, get a family situation settled, you know, get off season workouts and all that crap in, and then come training camp, be ready to go and hit the ground running with a new team. So yeah, I'm not an, I'm not an agent. Um, but I do think that Aaron Goodwin way overplayed his hand. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think that the best way Dame could have gotten to Miami is by pretending like he, yeah, by pretending like he would have gone anywhere. Yeah. Um, but here we are. 
So Philadelphia, Miami, Utah, the other team that I have thought about is does New York just pull a Knicks? And, you know, I don't really, to be honest, I don't even know what, what they would have to trade that Portland would be interested in. But like, I, I guess my point with this, I actually don't think that there are a ton of teams who would benefit from a player like Damian Lillard and are willing to pay the price. Well, that's, that's always, again, the, the plus side of waiting. There's always the team that clicks that didn't think it was going to click that didn't think it was, you know, a piece away that suddenly finds itself in this excellent position. And a Damian Lillard is just what they need to bring him over the top that then has to, you know, they'll massively overpay to get that, you know, and, and bring and try to chase that championship. So, you know, that that's why, you know, the, you end up seeing those things happen, but that's also why I say that if it is opened up to the entirety of the rest of the league and not just Miami, that is more likely than not, there's going to be somebody that would need him and would in that, in that instance, if you're sitting there with an owner, like sitting there with an owner as a GM, trying to convince him like, Hey, let's give up all this because over the course of the season, we think it can put us in title contention odds, having that conversation now versus having that conversation in January, when you have a sample size and you can see a finish line, if you just get that bit, yeah, a lot easier to convince somebody that, Hey, we're going to overpay for this. Uh, speaking of teams who, you know, may need that extra piece. What do you make of Giannis's continued comments about, Oh, I like Milwaukee, but I really want to go somewhere and win a championship y'all. Like, I mean, I, I don't, again, I don't really I praise know him for Milwaukee. the hockey. I praise him for the honesty and, you know, in hindsight, it's maybe something that I kind of wish Dame would have been a little more vocal about and not as have dug yeah. his heels in on. I want to like, I'm not saying that Dame lied about saying that he wanted to stay in Portland. He wanted to retire in Portland. It, it would have meant the most to him to bring Portland to championship. I'm not saying that he lied about that, but he did paint himself into a smidge of a corner to where he did not kind of leave himself any sort of out to be like, but I've also said this. He's he's by, kind by of, insulating by insulating himself from all criticism for years. He's now opened himself up to more criticism in this moment. Whereas Giannis yeah. has kind of leaked the door open. But now, if the time ever does come, he's going to get less blowback when he does make the request. Exactly. Now, a difference is also that Giannis did bring Milwaukee a championship, so that also does earn big him. difference. And yeah. also, is a two-time MVP in his own right. But like, I guess my point is, do you see Milwaukee? Again, I don't really know what they would have to trade. I mean, I bet you they wouldn't mind, again, in the interest of trying to keep Giannis there, making a play for Dame and saying, yeah, you two play together. That fits pretty fucking well. Yes. Like, because it would. So yeah. I, I'm just, I don't know. What do you think? They have a new coach? So I, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm curious. I, yeah, I don't, again, no, I don't. That, that fit. The, again, the, the thing too, and, you know, Danny uh, always likes to, you know, mention it when these topics come up of that, you know, you can't just look at a team and say, Hey, they have five bajillion picks let, you know, or they have all these picks that they can trade. You have to look at what the value of those picks is going to end up being. And a team with, which is long, the problem with the Miami package. Correct. And also in this hypothetical, you know, the uh, Milwaukee package is that a team with Giannis and Dame is going to be pretty well positioned. And so what's going to be the place of those draft picks? Where, where are you taking those from? And if you're going to say, okay, well, we'll take them later on down the road when they're going to be crap. Well, what good is a 2030 first round pick? That's possibly a, a top two going to do scoot Henderson in seven years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Totally. So, and honestly, just thinking through this and maybe there's a team that's an obvious fit that I missed. There aren't that many teams that could really use someone like Damian Lillard again at his contract. So I, I do think we should all as Blazers fans and just as people recognize that that's true. There's a limited market for this very, very, very good player who could really help a team. So mm -hmm. I wanted to get now to the start of this upcoming season, do you believe that just, oh, before we get into that, 
I want to take a quick break for our no sponsors. Instead of sponsors, we're going to have you listen to some, I don't know what kind of music it's going to be. I dig in the folder. I pull something out for a couple seconds and then we'll be back. So we'll Ooh, see you. Legit in- elevator yes. music, some smoothing intru- instrumental. Let's go. And we are back like the future. So, Ryan, we're going to do a lightning round. Are you ready for the... What is my hair doing? I... This is... Ah. This is... It looks like a wig at this point. You're channeling your inner Goku. I I tried to... Anyway, yeah. I'm sick. I am sick. It's probably just a cold. But I tried to, like... I got my hands wet and I ran my hands through my hair to cool down my head. And now it looks really bad. Um, I've somehow, despite my strong hairline, have made myself look like I'm going bald. So congratulations to me. I have figured out a new awful hairstyle. Here we go. Somehow I'm catching strays here. All right, that's fine. That's not strong hair. You strong hair. I have negative no ability to grow a beard. My metabolism is probably half of what yours is. I have to work so hard for my svelte marathon running figure. Okay, I got to shut up. Listen, we're doing a lightning round. Are you ready or are you not? Yes. Okay. I have like, I don't know, seven questions ish. Try to keep these answers short. You'll sound off on them, and then I will too. I want to. Can I get a lightning sound effect? Where's Keith Felder Smith? And you need him. Okay, no, lightning round. No, that is, is too many sounds. <laughs> I hey, I look. I I think for this here, it would work well. Question for you, lightning round. Is Dame still in Portland? Come training camp, yes or no? Yes. I also believe so. Some people have said that there's some pressure to trade him right now. I don't think that's there's true. no pressure. The team can Not be now. crappy no. with him. They can be crappy without him. Yeah. I think at some point it does become more urgent, but not yet. So we agree with that. Okay. Question. If he is still on the team come training camp, is Damian Lillard suiting up for Portland? Unless he wants to absolutely torch his reputation. Yes. I agree there too. I actually also think that he needs to, because of the size of his contract in order to regenerate interest from a team other than Miami needs to prove that he is still just as good as he was last year. So I think he will suit up. Yeah. Do you believe it is in, well, I guess we answered this, but is it in Dame's best interest to sit or is it in his best interest to play if he's still on the team? Best interest to play both reputation wise and financially. Devil's advocate. What if he gets hurt? What if he got hurt? And screwed, and we... Then, then, then everyone is screwed. Like the thing is, if Dame plays for there, okay, there is some I, risk here. Correct, and I absolutely hate this argument because, regardless of why do any, you hate it, it's a legitimate argument. Because regardless of any situation, a professional athlete can get hurt on any given night. Should the Warriors sit Steph Curry because he could get hurt? I mean, they're not I mean, looking yes, to trade, and they did they're do not that looking, a lot last year. Yeah, they're not looking to trade him, but you know, should they sit him until game sixty and then let him play so that he's fresh for the playoffs? I, I just hate the what if they get hurt. I think it's it, it's not. I don't think in Dame's case it's the biggest concern in the world, but I think it's legitimate. I do think if he plays for Portland and he does get hurt the Blazers are going to be in a really nasty spot. Okay. Uh, does Miami have enough to trade for Damian Lillard? Have enough. Do they have enough? Yes. Do they have enough? Is it, is it, Good and enough. Enough means that Joe Cronin would say yes because that's who the GM is currently. See, I think they have enough, but I'm also at odds with so many people that want to always point to the Kevin Kevin Durant and then the backup of the Rudy Gobert trades as examples of what should dictate the market for Damian Lillard. Well, if Damian Rudy Lillard, Gobert, was, Rudy Gobert was a market aberration and KD is KD. There's your, and if Damian Lillard was on the market at the same point in time that Rudy Gobert got traded, you know, or Donovan right. Mitchell been or whatever. Right. Correct. So this is, is it, I try to view these Danny, things. Danny as, Ainge has good timing. He cashed in at the exact right time. And that deal literally reset the market for everyone else, including Portland. So too bad. Um, yes. I agree with you. Okay. But yes, um, I do believe that Miami has enough to make a deal work without blowing up. And th- that's not me. Like, 
no, I know. tongue in cheek saying like, Oh, well, bam out of out of Portland. Now that's, that's, they can keep, they can keep their hashtag free bam. <laughs> hashtag free bam. Yeah, that was great. No, I, I agree. I, I think if, if Miami didn't have enough in Joe Cronin's eyes to trade for Dame, we would have heard it by now. So they do. Okay. Who is the more desperate team, Portland or Miami, Miami by far. They it's my, it's Miami by a mile. Well, and for as much as is being said about like Portland isn't doing anything, hasn't pulled off any more really signings of, of note or anything. Neither is Miami and Miami. Excuse me. Blazers legend. Kevin Knox is coming back to the team. How dare you besmirch his name? I can't even believe that. I believe this is Kevin Knox erasure. I said of note, right? Yeah. I said of note. I'm just, yeah. And again, yeah, you're just erasing him. I'm so disappointed that I'm now turning bright white. Oh, the light auto adjusted. (laughs) Yeah. The sun is coming in and out. It's very funny. Okay. But yes, uh, no, it's, it's Miami by a mile because they, they lost pieces that massively helped get them to the finals and they have no replacements for them. So their, their eggs are all kind of in this basket. That's the thing I don't understand from some Miami heat reporters and fans is that first of all, Miami, your team had a historically aberrational season in order to get to the finals, which congratulations. I do think some of that is hashtag heat culture. I do. I think some of why they overperformed is because of the culture they've set. And I do think they get some credit for that. However, it was historically aberrational for a reason Mm -hmm. and your team got worse. So, Oh, we're just going to go to the finals without Dame. No, you're not. You know, you're not not actually that good of a team. Sorry. And may I point to recent blazer history? when the Blazers hung their hat on the 2019 Western conference finals and said, Oh, we're good. Yeah. I we mean, just, it's yeah. yes, different, different scale. And, but yeah, that, I mean, you're, you're not wrong. Cause that, I mean, and I now to Miami's front office's credit, I, I don't think they believe that they can just sit here and do nothing. I'm strictly talking about some reporters, some fans, yeah. um, some reporters of note, like some pretty, well-respected Miami reporters be like, Oh, Miami doesn't actually have to make a trade. Yes, you do. Like, don't, don't even play. Okay. Miami is more desperate. Does my, it related to that last question. Does Miami have an alternative to the Dame trade anywhere else in the NBA? Yes. What would it be? Up the road and harden. Talk about the opposite of heat culture. Yes. Uh, That is, that would be, I would, I would, it would, it it would probably make whatever Dame trade came after that be really funky and weird, but I would love to see that just for the, for the drama. Yeah. I'd be for the drama. You got the heat culture and Pat Riley. You got Jimmy Butler trying to get James Harden out of strip clubs. Yeah. It'd be great, but it's an alternative that's on the table, but how how willing is, Philly to do any sort of business or dealings with Miami when they're going to view each other as rival. Yeah. I, 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 so this is, we finally disagree. I I don't think they have an alternative. I don't think James Harden is the same kind of player, the same fit, not the same. I I do think that at some point culture and attitude does matter. And Dame does bring that he fits heat culture in that he's willing to work. He's willing to be a leader. He hasn't yet shown in his career because he hasn't had the opportunity to that he's willing to flex into someone else's system, really, except for mm-hmm. when he was a rookie and had to flex into the Blazers system with Marcus Aldridge. But I don't think they have an alternative to Dame. You do. I don't. Very good. Question. We have a couple more and then we'll, we'll let everyone go. How how did I what is how did I write this? Let me read my own writing first. Um, OK. Let me, this is, I know what I was trying to say, but how do I want to say this is a weird question the way I phrased it. Um, how well do you think Dame is handling wanting to use his leverage to get to Miami with the reality that him and his agent got warned by the NBA? So how is, how well do you think Dame is handling the fact that he wants to go to Miami, but they just got warned for driving hard, trying to go to Miami. Do you think that Dame is playing this well, I guess is really the question. As I alluded to earlier, I don't think a lot of that was Dame. I think that was maybe his agent doing that on his client's behalf, and it backfired. And, well, that's the, the, you just said but, it, though. I mean, he's but, but once you using but, his, I mean, it's on his behalf. Correct. It's Dame's I, responsibility at the end of the day because it's his agent. I get that to some degree, but also players pay agents to handle this stuff so that they don't have to. 
So true, but Dame has retained his services. <laughs> yes. I think his agent overplayed his hand and it's kind of one of those things where it's once the cat's out of the bag, you can't put it back in. And so statements were made, statements were leaked, statement, whatever. And then it gets asked about it. He's kind of has to keep doubling down on it. And it ended up being what it, what it is. Um, I think the league, part of the reason that the league stepped in with that memo was because of Dame's history of loyalty and it being like such a part of his identity and character and in the league that silver was looking at it like, okay, we need to nip this in the butt because this is, I mean, it's, this is a bad image for us because of him and his loyalty his history of loyalty, if that makes sense. It does. And it relates to my final question, unless you have other ones that you want to ask, but since all this has happened with Damon, his agent, James Harden went on the record and said, I'm not playing for Daryl Morey. He lied to me. He was really went weird on the about re- it. Went on the like, record. Wasn't that like, <laughs> a kid's camp in China? Like, yeah. What are these little kids yeah. that paid like, had their parents pay Such like $350? Yeah, that is a weird time. Just a really just, strange. Yeah. yeah. So, but that happened. The NBA didn't send a I memo. They, <laughs> NBA didn't send a memo. They fined James Harden for doing that. So it is related to the previous question. Do you think that James Harden being fined by the NBA changes Damian Lillard's internal calculus, whether it's about Miami or bust or whether it's about his strategy to get to Miami? Did James Harden muck it up for Damian Lillard? Well, it definitely changes his strategy and his calculus because I think it was a little bit after that that Dame uh, did an interview was it Mark with Mark Spears, I believe. You know, yep. and he was specifically asked questions about his Portland situation. And he flat out just said, you know, I'm not going to comment on, on the trailblazers or I'm not going to talk about the trailblazers. And so this kind of also then goes back to your previous question too, of, you know, I definitely do believe that the league does to some degree differentiate a player's agent saying things, putting, putting their name as an agent on the record, saying things about their client versus the actual player themselves saying something. Although it's funny because by the letter of the NBA's law, the player or their representative Correct. are equally accountable. And I do think that like the reason why the NBA sent a memo, you know, to Dave was on video saying, I fucking hate Cronin. Get me the hell out of here now. <laughs> right. There was, there was the, the, barest shred of plausible deniability even in the nba's memo they're like you know and Aaron goodwin told us wasn't exactly what we heard from other teams so like even that was a little shaky but there was yeah. there was the the lightest hint just a zest of plausible deniability whereas Assault in hardens case if you may exactly in hardens case there was none do you yeah. have any other questions for the lightning round before we adjourn <sighs> any final thoughts how many more guards can the blazers get on this roster as many as their roster limit will allow, my friend. Here's I don't mine. know what's going on. I mean, here's you, here's my question: Who gets traded first, Dame or Nurk? Um, cheating answer, both at the same time. I think I think that's probably cool. we didn't really go into machinations. I think part of what the Blazers would like to do is get off Nurkic's money, despite Nurkic. And you think the best way for them today. to get off Nurkic's money is to make that damn near an eighty million dollar trade deal? You combine I mean, their salaries. Yeah, at that so point, you're taking back. At. Yeah, you're t- I think you'd have to take back both Lowry and Hero, and you'd have to find somewhere to route Hero. You'd probably, uh, yeah. I, I mean, Lowry only no. has a year left. Nurkic has a handful of years left. That would be the reason why. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, at some Dude, point, Lowry, Simons, Sharp. As you're look, as you're looking that up, Grant Center. Um, then I'm fine with that. I'll play center. Um, Yeah. I I mean, how many, how many guards can they have? I don't know. At some point, the team has to go from wherever they are now 
to we are developing Scoot Henderson and I would love to talk about Scoot Henderson and we will do that on a future episode of We Like the Blazers if you want to reach out to is this a good time to end? Yes. That, if you want to reach out to us, you can always do that at we like the blazers at gmail.com. You can find us at we like the blazers.com. Find me at Golden PDX on X. Yeah, find it's fucking weird. <laughs> find not Ryan the porn site. I just can Only we just one X, call it Twitter three. still. I just Dude, I'm not so, calling it X. I'm not calling it so, X. I mean and fuck him. I'm never gonna use it as a payment method. <laughs> find me on Twitter at Goldner PDX. Find him on Twitter at the witty Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Brandon. I appreciate y'all. I powered through. This is my Michael Jordan flu game. See y'all next time. And until then, go Blazers. Go Blazers. <laughs>